This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by Dancing You Yarns. You can find the link for Dancing You Yarns shop at nevernotknitting.com. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I have a very long but very good episode in store for you this time. I have lots of great knitting news to share. I have a product review and I have two new drawings to announce. But the most exciting thing about this episode by far is the interview that I have to share. Yes, there will be a special guest joining me today. Last week, I had the privilege of interviewing Susan B. Anderson about her newest book. I'm a huge fan of Susan. I love her style, I love all of her books, and actually, I made two of her patterns recently. She's the designer of the Knit Chickens pattern, and also the Ribbit pattern that I just recently knit. So it was really exciting for me to get this opportunity to interview her and also to find out some of the behind-the-scenes info on her latest ventures. Thank you so much for joining this episode. I am just a huge fan of yours, and I'm so thrilled that you are on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I listen to your podcast. Every time a new episode pops up, I'm a subscriber, and I run every day so i throw my ipod in my pocket and i listen to you all the time so i'm proud to be here and it's a nice thing to be on your podcast so thank you oh thank you so much that's great um well i know that you're really busy so thanks for taking the time to do this i have a copy of your newest book that's soon to be released in front of me and i just love it it's awesome um and I know that this is really soon to come out. Is it November 3rd? It's well, the funny thing is, is that it's actually available right now. Um, it's shipped early from the warehouse. Oh, really? Um, Artisan Books, which is my publisher. And so the great thing and strange coincidence is that it was released on Amazon on my birthday. Oh, <laughs> so funny. I feel like that's kind of a funny coincidence. So if I, you know, check out the Amazon page where my um, book is available, it, it has my birthday on it. So, yeah, so it's available oh. now. It's shipping out all over. It has, you know, an earlier release date than it was um, set up to be. So I, oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, so it's well, available now. Well, that's great. Um, yeah. Well, Susan, do you mind telling the listeners a little bit about your new book? Oh, I'd love to. The new book is called Itty Bitty Toys. It's the third installment of, I guess it's kind of a series. I started a couple years ago with Itty Bitty Hats. Uh That was 2006, actually. And then in 2007, Itty Bitty Nursery came out. And now here I am in 2009 with Itty Bitty Toys. And... Um, it's kind of funny because when the first book came out, um, the, the publishing company named the book 
And then I did a second book, The Itty Bitty Nursery, but we weren't even going to call it Itty Bitty. You know, it wasn't set out uh, in the beginning to be a series of any sort. And um, we were, you know, talking about different titles and potential titles. And then um, all of a sudden I thought, well, maybe it should just, we were thinking of nursery. And then, because it's just packed full of baby items. And Mm -hmm. then um, Itty Bitty Nursery came up. And then when this, the third book, the toy book came up, uh, we just thought right away, let's just call it Itty Bitty Toys. <laughs> so that makes it easy. <laughs> and it's great because they all are kind of the, they're the same format, so you know, it's just a nice uh-huh. little set. But anyway, the um, I guess the concept for the book came about really when I was working on Itty Bitty Nursery, I have a bunch of toy patterns in that book and mm-hmm. I've always been interested in knitting little items and I like kind of quirky <laughs> funny items to knit I don't who knows why it's just the way I am totally and, understand that <laughs> you can relate to that yes <laughs> it's like not so serious and it's just kind of funny and fun I guess so oh like, definitely yeah and so um I knit some toys for this book and I just fell in love with knitting toys, and, um, you know, it really hit me when I made the Chubby Bunny for Itty Bitty Nursery. That toy, I was so enamored with that toy. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stop looking at it. It just, there was something about it that um, made me just, that's all I felt like doing from that time on. So mm-hmm. um, when I was on tour for Itty Bitty nursery I went to New York and I stopped in to visit my publisher at their office and I brought some toys along so this was back in the fall of 2007 I bought new toys that I had knitted and I met with publisher Ann Bramson and Uh I showed her the toys and she just loved them she fell in love with the toys and she said well I should get you another contract for a book so that's how that all came about. I just wow, that's great. To be doing a toy book, uh, it was like a, a dream come true. I I was just thrilled with it, and I just took off from there and started knitting toys. Wow! And there are so many patterns, and they're all different. Like, what was your inspiration behind all these different designs? Did one just lead to another, or how did you figure out which which you were going to include? You know, that's so uh, an interesting question because I don't have any great answer for that. (laughs) Then I think, you know, what I do, I guess when I start, is I think of a list of, uh, you know, just brainstorming toys that I want to do. So I'll make a list, and then I'll um, see a picture in a book or, you know, I'll see something somewhere, you know, from my kids or whatever, and I'll think, oh, that's a great idea. I should I should do that, and I'll add to the list. Mm-hmm. The one thing that happens every time I try to, you know, you try to pull together a whole bunch of stuff that's kind of supposed to go together is that the, po- the starting point is never where you intend, where you finish, I guess I'm trying to say. So you start in one place, and then it kind of evolves, and then you finish in another place because... Um, for example, about halfway through, I started thinking, 
oh, I have all this sock yarn, and I should really try making some sock toys out of sock yarn because I know people have just tons of sock yarn. And you can't have 80 pairs of handed socks. Yes, you know? right. Find other things to do with it. So that's you know things like that happen to me. Or um, you know, right at the end, I thought I thought I was done with the book, and uh, done with all the projects for the book. There was still work to be done on the writing and editing and so forth. I thought I was done with the projects, and then my editor called me and said, um, "You know, we really we want a few more projects." <laughs> Uh-huh. And I was, I was crushed. <laughs> uh-huh. What happened was I came up with, and, you know, I was under like a time crunch and I, it's hard to explain, but when you feel like you're done with an enormous project and then more, gets sure. back, <laughs> I can't imagine. It's like, it's like devastating. <laughs> I take a couple of days just to kind of absorb Let that, that sink in. <laughs> Yeah, I had a lot more work to do. So I and it was completely fine. But what's kind of funny about it is that um, the giraffe that's on the cover uh-huh. of the uh, is is one of those projects that got tacked on to the end of the. And it made uh, it on the cover. <laughs> it's the cover shot, and now I'm getting, I get emails and messages from people saying, "Oh, that giraffe! I, you know, I love the giraffe and." I collect giraffes. I didn't realize so many people collected giraffes. I mean, I had no idea. And that was, um, the publisher actually said, you know, maybe, why don't you do a giraffe? They were thinking, you know, we were kind uh-huh. of talking about different projects. So that was one that wasn't even on my radar. And then here it ends up, you know, last minute project ends up on the cover. And, you know, there's some really great shots of that giraffe sprinkled throughout the book, too. So, yeah. well, he's anyway, every time I look at that giraffe on the cover, I just, I don't know. I love it. And then I remember also. <laughs> oh, he wasn't supposed to be there? He wasn't supposed to be there. And it was a little bit painful. <laughs> I'm over it now. And I, it is a really, it's a great uh, little character in the book. So oh, for I, sure. You know, the concept evolved. It kind of, you write like one toy, you finish, and then you think, oh, I should do you know, a monkey, or I don't have a lamb in there, and all knitters love lambs and sheep, and, mm-hmm. you know, it just, yeah, it, it, it grows and changes, and... Um, I could see that, definitely. Yeah, so that's, there's, there's no set plan in the beginning other than, like, a little scratchy uh, list in my sketchbook. Mm-hmm. That's, that's about that. Did you try, were there any toys that you wanted to make, but then you started and you're thinking, okay, I this isn't working out, did anything not come about that you wanted it to you know no (laughs) oh that's great I had yeah I had um I mean I can't think of a single one I kind of get you know a thought and a picture in my mind and for some reason I can I can make it it work and and honestly I don't redo things very often wow Uh, that's great yeah so, I, you know, I don't know why that can happen um, for me, but oftentimes, you know, I might change, like, the length of a leg or something, mm-hmm. but really I don't, um, I don't even have to re-knit very often at all. I can only think of maybe a handful of times, you know, wow. I have to make an adjustment or two. So um, for some reason I have, you know, a knack 
for doing these kind of three-dimensional um, projects. So, oh, well, I, I would agree with that, definitely. It's so cute. But, you know, one thing that's super great about this book that I thought was just amazing is your reversible toy section. And I've never seen that done before. How did you come up with that idea? Well, I've had a long time obsession with topsy turvy um, dolls. Uh huh. And it's really that same concept. Um, for example, if you go into FAO Schwartz in New York City, there is an entire wall of topsy turvy toys. And really, I mean, I guess um, not all of them are exactly like a topsy-turvy, the reversibles in my book. There are five reversible um, characters in my book. But, um, you know, that concept where you flip it inside out and it, it turns into something else. Uh-huh. So you start with one character, you flip, flip inside out and something else. And, you know, really my obsession with that concept started with the um, traditional Little Red Riding Hood um, doll that probably everybody's seen before it's where the you flip the dolls it's little red riding hood no yeah it's little red riding hood you flip her she has a dress you flip her dress inside out and it becomes the grandma and then you lift the grandma's bonnet and it's the wolf have you oh, seen that one funny. no i haven't but really? my daughter has a has a you know one of those dolls that like you know on one side it's like a happy doll and the other side it's sad yeah, yeah. so i mean you know, they're flip toys. They're, they've always been around, so I certainly didn't mm-hmm. invent the concept of it. But right. um, I just, you know, I really started doing, so I've seen a bunch of, you know, reversible toys, kind of that concept, but I've never seen a knitted version. Yeah, either. So I set out to really conquer a, a flick knitted version, and I'll tell you the um, real three of them are made with this concept of, um, well, really four of the toys out of the five are knitted with the concept of um, the starting point of a reversible hat. So if you look at, for example, the cat to mouse um, toy in my book, the the base of that is really like a small reversible hat. And then I have the I've added just some little arms and legs and a tail and then a small head um, that's round or whatever shape the animal is. And then you just, um, so you have another hat knitted for the other, the opposite side. Uh, and then you sew those together with the wrong sides together. And then when you flip, turn the hat inside out, you get another character. So uh-huh. really, um, you know, it boils down to being something very simple. Um, and easy to make. So once you kind of have one of those toys down, you, you really could do, you know, a whole slew of partners and um, characters that would match up. So the other one that's a, knitted a little differently is the, um, I have an egg in there that flips yes. out and turns into a little bluebird. I love that one. That's the one uh, I'm going to make. Like, yeah, and it fits right in your hand. I mean, it's very sweet and little. And actually all of these are very, um, small scale. There may be, I can't remember, I don't have the page right in front of me, but there may be like five inches uh-huh. by four inch, five or six inches by four inches. They're, they're small. And so um, they're a, a fairly quick knit. The concept uh, simple. Like if you can knit a hat, you can make these dolls. There's, there's no more um, skills that you would need um, than to knit, knit um, a hat, than to knit one of these toys. Oh, that's so, yeah, they're fun, and um, 
you know, I have a lot more of those that I'd like to do. I have um, a lot more ideas on that. So um, you may see that concept coming up again um, in the future with me. Oh, I I will welcome any further ones. I think that that is so creative and so cute. Let's just tell the listeners, since they don't have the book, what is in that chapter, because that's my favorite chapter. Oh, good. Yeah. It's the last chapter. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Oh, well, it has, okay, so you have a frog and turtle combination. You have a lion and elephant, a cat and mouse, and then the sisters, which is really cute. You want to explain that? Sure. I I did toy. <laughs> That I dedicated to my sweet sister. I have um, I have one sister and two brothers, and my sister is only a couple years um, older than me, and we grew up just best friends our whole lives. So, well, it's kind of a funny story, but I'm a brunette, and I'm dark, you know, have a darker olive tones to my skin, and my sister is very fair and blonde and blue-eyed, and um, that my whole life, my childhood my mother would dress um my sister always got to wear pink and red and all these like bright kind of girly colors and i loved those colors and my mom for some reason i don't know if it's because i was a brunette she would always dress me in blues and greens and there's nothing wrong with that (laughs) it's always cute you know and and gray but um i always felt i guess I always longed to be the girl in pink. So um, I always think that's funny. And I never um, expressed that when I was little because, you know, my mom, of course, she would have, she would have let me wear any color. But um, uh-huh. so anyway, I did the dolls in those uh, same colorways. I did a, a little blonde with um, blonde braids and I, and I did her dress in pink. And then uh-huh. when you turn her inside out to reverse that doll, um, there's a little brunette doll in, um, I can't remember what color, is it blue? Yeah, no, like it's gray. It's yeah, like a dark green yeah, uh-huh. color, That's which is funny. beautiful. So I just kind of kept that with um, my <laughs> my semi-sad story. I mean, it's actually kind of silly, but it's not like I was damaged from it or anything. <laughs> I just, I don't know why I just thought um, those colors were so funny. And you know what's really funny is that to this day, I really don't wear any blue at all. I'll obviously wear a of green, but I won't wear blue. And I think it was because I really didn't enjoy wearing blue as a child. I, I don't know what it is. I, just, I think it's really funny. Okay, There's well, no blue in my wardrobe. I'm really going to start really keeping track of what colors I put my daughter in now <laughs> from the story. <laughs> but you just have the one daughter, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so maybe, I don't know. You know, my sister is She's very beautiful, and maybe I just really wanted to aspire to be, you know, look like her or something. You know, I don't know what it was, but it's really just something that's silly. And I did uh-huh. tell my mom that later, you know, when I was old, like an, an adult, and um, uh-huh. she just laughed. I mean, we laughed so hard about it. She thought it was the silliest thing ever, and it really was. So anyway, that so was my Little did she know that it was going to come out in your knitting career later, <laughs> huh? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, that's funny. So this toy has a little story behind it. Right. And then the little blonde and brunette um, sister, it's dolls. You know, those, it's me and my sister. But right. you can be, make it anyone you want to make exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> doesn't have to be me. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's a little strange. <laughs> a pattern of yourself. So. Oh. 
So that can be changed. Yeah. Well, I think that that one is really cute. And one's holding a heart and one's holding a flower. Do I have that right? It's so cute. Yeah, and they have hats on, too. Uh You know, I always have to get a hat or two into any book. Right. (laughs) But I do try to, like, sneak a hat in. So I have have a couple little hats in here, too. Yes, because hats are your first love with your first book. I'm the hat hat lady. Right. I'll never never get away from that, I don't think. Cute. Well, okay, so you got the sisters, and then the la- that last pattern you already mentioned, it's the egg to bluebird pattern, and it, I really like that one. That's the one, as I said, that I'm going to make really soon. I've just ordered my yarn, so I'm waiting for it. Oh, but Are you using the O-Wall? Yes, I'm using uh-huh. the O-Wall balance, and I thought it was interesting, you use that yarn for all the different toys. I mean, all the reversible toys. Right, I have this... Um... I'm trying to remember how many skeins are different colors I use, but I feel like it was maybe like seven mm-hmm. skeins. And I ordered one skein of each colorway, uh, and I use, that's all I used for that whole chapter. I kind of interchanged the colors, like the bluebirds, the same colors, the elephant. Yeah, I noticed that. Some, yeah, if you, you if you ordered those skeins. I could make all of them. All, you could make the whole chapter. Yeah, I think that's really neat. I do, too, because they overlap, and then, like, the brown, I use, what did I use? I used that and something else, like, for the nest. Oh, the hair of the sister. Yeah, because you only need a small amount, so that would be a great way to use up the whole skein. Yeah, like the cat, no, the mouse and the egg, you know, you use the same skein. So, but that egg, just the egg, I think that the egg and into the bluebird mm-hmm. is, like, um, the sweetest surprise one because it's just this little plain off-white egg, like creamy and cute, and sits yeah. in the and, and then you flip that one inside out, and it's this adorable little bird. I, I know. It's so adorable. Yeah, I like that one, too. And I made a little nest for it to sit in, but you wouldn't have to make that. Oh, I'm going to make it. <laughs> you can make it. I love it. <laughs> you know what? That, that whole project will take you, like, one day. Oh, I, well, that will be great. I'm going on a trip pretty soon, so I want to bring that along. I, I know my daughter will love it. My daughter has been looking through your book, you know, page by page, telling me all the things that I need to knit. And it's funny because I just got your book just um, yesterday or the day before, and she says, Mom, have you knit my whatever yet? You know, she's like, yeah. thinks I'm a machine over here. <laughs> she, has, I know. she has me on a timeline. <laughs> you know, my kids still do that, um, even my teenagers, you know, so that will never end for you. They yeah. want it, you know, they think it's going to take you one day to make, you know, right. a full-length jacket or whatever. So fun is that um, people are getting their books, um, their new uh, toy books, and then <laughs> they're e- emailing me and they're telling me how they're going through it with their kids. Uh-huh. And their kids are, you know, marking all these toys or they're put you know they're putting little post-it notes on the toys that the kids want and um you know I I didn't think of that as much uh, when uh I guess when I was writing the book but uh, or designing the book but how wonderfully interactive um this yes. book is for parents and kids like just to really get them involved in in the knitting and picking things out and how Seeing the other kids in the book with the toys is, mm-hmm. is very appealing, or seeing them playing with the toys. Um, so that really kind of tickles me to see that um, people were sitting, like moms and kids were sitting down together and, and going through the book. So, oh, yeah, um, definitely. That, yeah, it makes me feel good. 
Yeah. I, I love making toys. I, I make them all the time. And it's some and I like it for the same reason, is it's something that I can do sort of with my daughter and she's very much so involved in the process and um it, it's a, it's a way for me to like share this craft with her at her very young age. So right. I'm very into the toy knitting. So okay. I I love it. How old is she? Oh, she's three years old now. Three. Yes, it's such a great. good age. It's great. <laughs> I wanted to ask you. Sorry, getting kind of back onto this topic, but sure. um, I'm actually going to be reviewing the O wool balance yarn for this episode. So I just wanted to get your opinion on it. What did you think about it? Well, I loved the oval balance. I think it's fantastic. It's uh, very muted and heathery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those yarns. Now, I should look up. Uh, well, you're probably going to say all, all the content and everything, but it's, mm-hmm. um, is it cotton and wool? I think so. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it's 50% um, merino wool and 50% organic cotton. So it's that great blend of... Um, cotton and wool, if it feels, um, it just really has a depth to it. So I, I really enjoyed working with it. I felt like it kind of softened up as I worked with it, and I love that in yarn. It's mm-hmm. very crisp. Uh, um, the stitch definition is fantastic. And so you'd recommend it? <laughs> I would, and I okay. love the organic uh, take on it. I guess yeah. it's really appealing to me, too. So. I, yeah, I think Owol is a great company. Yeah, I do too, and yeah, I hope they. I hope a lot of people buy the oval balance to make those toys. So, um, I think it's great. It's a great little yarn company. Yeah. Okay. I just want to see what you said about that because that's what I'm going to be using pretty soon. So, out of all of these really cute designs, do you have one that sticks out in your mind as being your just your favorite? Um. I forgot to even think about that question. I probably need to, I'm sure I'll get asked that along the way. But you know what? It's kind of funny. I mean, I could do like a favorite maybe for each chapter, uh-huh. but um, I don't I don't really have a favorite. Like, you know, one that I was really pleased with was the Penguin. Uh-huh. And that's, a, I, I, you know, I try to start out every book with a, a chapter that is easy um, and simple in mm-hmm. the construction and the knitting. I try to do things with garter stitch squares. So even like a child who's learning how to knit could contribute to, you know, the toy or whatever it is you're making. Mm-hmm. So um, that penguin turned out really great because it, all it is is the body it's two garter stitch kind of rectangles, and then they're kind of folded and stitched down um, in a way that creates this kind of fun toy. And um, that one I was pretty pleased with because my goal was to use garter stitch squares or rectangles, and then um, and then to fold and twist them into <laughs> submission. Yeah. <laughs> So that one I was, I was pretty pleased with. I didn't even realize that. That's really neat. So it's something that anybody could make. Anybody can do a garter stitch square. I mean, oh, yeah. Um, and the little feet are just two little um, squares folded over and stuffed and then stitched up the side. And when you're doing um, garter stitch, and a lot of these toys don't have a lot of seaming because I, I really do like to work in the round and double pointed needles. Mm-hmm. But um, garter stitch lends itself to um, a whip stitch seam, and since it is a ridged fabric, 
it really hides the scene. So there's you don't have to worry so much if it looks perfect and right, right. You know, every stitch is the same. It's very forgiving. So that's that's what I was I was pretty proud of. I love all the reversibles. I love that big bunny. Uh huh. Bunny. I love that crazy monkey. Turn uh, <laughs> toys, and I'll I'll give you a little. Um, secret. I don't know, actually, it's probably not a secret anymore because I think I put it on my blog. But uh-huh. yeah, she, um, let me see if I can find the page. Okay, so the page is seventy-one, okay. and there's this little boy. And the photographer Liz Banfield is so creative and wonderful. Um, she's in Minneapolis. She she photographed all of my books. Uh huh. She plopped that monkey, which is made out of some yarntini. Um, Sock yarn. Uh-huh. Self-striping, and, right? Yeah, self-striping. She plopped it on this little boy's head. And I am so in love with this picture. I, this was, um, I wanted this picture for the cover of the book. I love the cover of the book because it's bright and cheerful and everything. But the way that little boy is looking, his expression on, so on his cute. face, it's like I have a monkey on my head and... <laughs> It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. You know? <laughs> it's like the wonderment of it. And I mean, like, his whole face is telling a story about the situation. Anyway, I... It's I very thought, sweet. That's like one of my... That's my favorite picture, I think, in the whole book. Uh-huh. I guess that was the number two choice for the cover. You know, it's funny when you write a book, you really end up uh, not being in charge of a lot of things. Really? <laughs> that, that happened with it. Yeah, so, which is fine, you know, because that's why you want to work with a publisher. But anyway, so that, I love that. I love, you know, one, um, two, which is the favorite of mine, is the um, Princess and the Peace set. Very and, cute. Oh, that is, that was so fun to make. That also, it's a very simple concept. Um, and the doll is knit um, from the toes all the way up to the head in one piece. And then the arms are knitted separately and added on. But they're just a very simple little tube. So mm-hmm. the construction of that doll is, is so um, quick and easy. And it's knit in uh, Kristen Nicholas's wonderful Julia yarn, which I absolutely adore that yarn. It's just um, rich and dreamy and it's worsted weight which is actually my favorite uh weight yarn to knit with so mm-hmm. that was the concept i had for for quite a long time that princess and the piece set and that's another one where you can really pick and choose you could make all 11 mattresses you can make one mattress and you know just have it like a little bed and a dog right uh-huh. you know you can do as much as you want or or not yeah you know i just real quick i wanted to say that one thing that i really like about this book is that a lot of your toys are not just a typical like stuffed knitted toy, but they're interactive and um, things that that kids can actually like play with. They they do things. <laughs> That's what I think is really neat. Like um, your little mama duck and ducklings. You know how you put them on the wheels and they can pull them around. That's really cute. And the um, like even the nesting boxes. Like yeah. I was showing this book to a friend last night and she was like oh knitted blocks that's so cool and I was like no they're not just knitted blocks you can open them and put things in them so I like how that there you can actually use the things a lot of the things in this book I think that's a really nice touch yeah and you, you just reminded me you know one of my the neatest um projects in this book for me to come up with was that uh felted 
Super Bowl. Uh huh. Um, that is, if you could hold one of those in your hand and bounce it, they really bounce, but in a nice, soft way, not like a crazy Super Ball way. So right. I got, um, I couldn't use the word Super Ball in the pattern because it was trademarked, a trademarked um, product or word, so you couldn't right. use it. So they changed it to Bouncy Ball. But um, I, out of the Manos wool, I knitted up this little pouch, and I just, I had no idea what would happen, but I dropped in a Super Ball, and I closed it up, and I put it through my wash a few times, and it felt it right, it like, you know, formed to fit right to the Super Ball, oh, um, really cool. tight. So um, those are just fantastic to hold and have, and um, I love those. <laughs> that is probably one of my favorite uh Toys, I mean, it's not so spectacular, you know, to look at a picture of maybe, but if you have one, I think your kids are just going to absolutely love those. Yeah, that's cool. It makes it more of an indoor toy too, right? Because it's yeah. softer and... It's a quieter um, bounce, like a softer bounce. It uh-huh. still bounces enough that you can stand up and bounce it and catch it, uh-huh. but it's not like, you know, I can't stand uh, having the Super Bowls inside my house because they ping off walls and right. through and you know your lamp's gonna get knocked over and I mean you just have the one three-year-old but I have four kids <laughs> and things can get a little crazy um, so I you know that's I just I think it's just a fun adaptation of the Super Bowl <laughs> yes in yarn of course so right that's yeah so. it's really cool you yeah. know that that reminds me so you have four kids how mm-hmm. and you are constantly designing. I mean, you this is your third book, right? Right. And you are always putting out designs for Spud and Chloe, and you self-publish patterns on your blog, and you probably do more. But that's what I know about at this moment. So, yeah. how do you do all of this? How do you how do you juggle it all between your family and your design career? <laughs> I am telling you that uh, I don't even know how to answer that because, uh, you know, it's all kind of a blur. When I look and I see all the stuff I have accomplished in the last um, years and, Uh you know, my family, it's it's kind of amazing to me even. But what I do is I work in a really strange way. I pick up things, I put them down, I pick them up again, I put them down, and this just goes on all day long with me. I'm, you know, I'm running off to take one of my kids somewhere. We've got kids in our house, you know, friends over. It's just the sporting events and activities, and I'm just always, like, interspersing my work with um, my daily life. Like, if, if I'm boiling water for noodles, um, I will sit there and knit while the water's, you know, I'm waiting for the water to boil. Uh-huh. And my other big trick, like if I'm in a huge crunch for time, is I'll get up at maybe 3 a.m. 3 a.m.? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> work through. <laughs> it's not right. But I will work through. You know, I'll get like four hours of just like quiet. There's nothing. My house is dead silent until 7 a.m. or whatever, you know, 6.30 and I'll get that little stretch of just silent, um, quiet work time where I can just really focus. But, uh-huh. you know, really it's in bits and pieces throughout the day. And the other thing, which is a good thing and a bad thing, is that I work all the time. Mm-hmm. I work 
um, at night. I work early in the morning. I work all throughout the day. I work on the weekends. Um, you know, I'm always working. But the weird thing about it is that it's knitting, and I love it so much that it, it doesn't, doesn't feel like work as much. Not always. Sometimes it does feel like work. But uh-huh. if I like have a project and I run out to a soccer game and I sit there and knit while I'm watching the soccer game. It's fun. I have fun doing it and um, I, I love it. But, you know, it is a, like a project that I'm doing for someone or I'm working on for a book or whatever. So it is actually working. So, um, you know, it's just like everybody else. Everybody's busy, uh, you know, people with kids and families and um, jobs. And it's just, it's, it's a busy um, life. And the thing is, too, to try to um, pull together kind of a career in this field. Mm-hmm. You're, it's like you're work, working for all, like uh, self-publishing, just like you do. Uh, it's self-publishing. You might have a magazine project. You might have a book project. You might be um, designing for a compilation book, you know, where they're asking a lot of designers to, to contribute a design. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just always coming from a lot of places, and there, it's always about deadlines and um, you know, so it can be kind of hectic in a way, but, um, you know, you're always grateful for the work and um, happy that people, <laughs> you know, are want more, th- you want more things from you. Yeah. What more could you want than that? Um, That's so, true. So yeah. just about time management, you just take advantage of every minute you have. I just work, I work really hard. I work hard at being a mother and, you know, keeping my family all happy and, and, you know, where everybody needs to be. And I work very hard at that. And then, you know, I also work just as hard at um, my knitting career. Yeah. Yeah. It's time management, I guess. Wow. So I seem to be doing okay. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So how, okay. So, you did. You used to be a teacher, right? I did. I okay, used to be a middle school teacher. I taught sixth, seventh, and eighth grade for many years. So, how does one go from being a middle school teacher to a successful knitting designer? <laughs> how does that work? Uh, okay, I'll I'll give you the condensed version. Okay, I <laughs> went. Um, I taught uh, for I think it was like maybe eight years in a public middle school in Madison, Wisconsin, where I live, and I loved it. I loved everything about it, and um, I taught myself to knit uh, by my, I was all on my own when I was about 19 years old, Hmm. so um, all the time, once I I grew up just being very crafty and uh, artistic and creative, and I um, just picked up this knitting, and once I taught myself how to knit, I never stopped. I just went on and on I would take on you know projects and so forth so the whole time I was teaching I was knitting but never for anything other than for my family and me um and then after I had my third child I stopped teaching because it was just getting to be too much to have three little ones at home and then um to be teaching too because teaching is such a strenuous job it's non-stop it's your planning, you're grading, you're, you know, Mm -hmm. there all day. It's a hectic day. So, you know, I was just feeling like something had to give. Mm -hmm. So I stopped teaching. I had three little kids at home and 
that's when um, I started really just knitting like crazy. I would just knit <laughs> nonstop, you know, off and on all day, just walk around knitting with my kids. And, and mm-hmm. I, I started knitting. That's about the time when I started knitting um, hats. Mm-hmm. And I would donate hats to charity, um, silent auctions or, you know, things like that. And people would just go crazy over these hats. And I came up, you know, with my own designs and um, I got just such a great response from that. Um, so in the meantime, a friend of mine owned a children's boutique and she started selling my hand knit hats in her boutique. And this woman, she kind of discovered me. She came in and she was a designer for this uh, manufacturing company um, here, not right in Madison, but right outside of Madison. And she called me up. She got my information, called me up and asked me to um, help her. She was um, starting up a clothing line for kids that was going to be manufactured and um, sold, you know, all over. So I designed hats for her um, for some different things products and things that she had going um for about three years i did that and um that's kind of a long story but that never really the clothing line i was originally hired for never really came to fruition for Mm. a bunch of different reasons but what it did for me is that it gave me a start in the design world i thought oh my gosh this maybe this is really something i can do Mm -hmm. and that you know maybe i'm seeing that other people are liking what I make and design and it really just kind of gave me a boost and got me going um and then like a year or two later I got involved with this um knit local knit shop and I would teach there and I would sell my hats and I started writing patterns at that point and that was a new thing um that shop closed and then I was sitting there with this little like maybe 10 patterns single sheet patterns and I thought, you know, I'm going to try for a book. So I sent off my uh, hat pattern for the little rosebud hat that's actually in Itty Bitty Hats. Mm-hmm. I sent a hat and a, like, little cover letter that I typed in maybe 15 minutes. And I sent wow. along a couple patterns that um, I had already written up um, with a photograph or whatever. And in about um, two weeks, I think it was a little under two weeks, they had called me, and I sent them to Artisan, who is now my publisher, and they uh-huh. called me and wanted to do a book. Wow, that's and great. And that's what happened. I mean, it's kind of like a really long period of time, but, um, you know, I contacted Artisan in 2004, uh-huh. and um, so that's when I'd say, you know, it really started taking off at that point. Before that, I was really just kind of locally doing some things, and that mm-hmm. was before the Internet craze of knitters and, right. you know, Ravelry and all this stuff, and I actually didn't even start my blog until um, after Itty Bitty Hats came out because then I went on a book tour, and... Um, people were like, how can I get in touch with you? You know, I want to keep track of what you're doing. What, how can I reach you? And I thought, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to be giving out your home number to a bunch no. of people. <laughs> I thought that might not be good. So, Probably not. <laughs> so I got home and I started that blog, which, was, you know, now I guess this October it's three years old. So I started that in 2006. And my blog, if anybody wants to hop over and visit, uh, is, just Susan B. Anderson, 
www.blogspot.com. And I have lots of tutorials. I think I have over 20 uh, video tutorials on there. I've got a bunch of free patterns, and I've got a little pattern shop um, that I run through Big Cartel. And um, so there, you know, and plus I just I keep people up up posted on fun new things going on in the knitting world and in my knitting world. And mm -hmm. um, so anyway, it's fun. It's a fun spot, and I really enjoy doing that. So. And you also do the Spud and Chloe blog too, right? Right. So last summer I got hired to be the curator, which I love that title. So I, I always throw it out there. Uh -huh. <laughs> I never thought I'd be the curator of anything, but <laughs> they thought of that. I just thought that was so cute. Uh -huh. um, yeah, so I kind of, um, you know, I designed for them. I'm under contract to, to um, design uh, free patterns for their blog. So I have um, free patterns, like one to two free patterns a month that um, come up on there, and I have eight patterns out right now, and people are are seeming to really like those, and you can even look those up on Ravelry uh, if, you, if you'd like to do that, and um, yes, yeah, so I just do blog posts for them, and um, I just love it. It's such a great job for me. I, I, I can't say enough how fortunate I feel to have the opportunity to um, have a job, because Kind of, you know, when you're a freelance-based um, worker, it's really nice to have that steady job. Um, it's kind of sure. a dream true. So yeah. Well, yeah. you are one busy lady <laughs> doing all these things. And Spud and Chloe, they're just it's the uh, um, makers of, uh, come from the makers of Blue Sky Alpacas mm -hmm. yarn, which has been around for at least ten years, and they launched this new yarn line um, just last TNNA. Um, of washable, kid-friendly, adult-friendly, um, organic, and super washable mix of yarns. And it's just the most fantastic yarn line. I, I can't say enough about it. And I know you've talked about it yes. on your podcast because I've, I've heard that, and I, I love that you also enjoy it. So oh, much. definitely. Yeah. And I love, you know, I knit that, um, the ribbit pattern that you put up on the Spud and Chloe blog. That was yes. so cute. <laughs> Yes, and I want to post a pic, one of your photos of your ribbit. That's on my list of things to do. Oh, you cool. got some great photos. Yes, um, my daughter loves him. And you gave me permission, right? To do of that. course, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> your daughter is so cute. And, yeah, she it, he's a favorite in our house. Right. She's oh, got a frog. I mean, yeah. I know, he's so cute. And I just love the whole tennis ball idea. That was very clever, very cute. Yes. So, Alana, can I ask you one question? Uh, yeah, sure. I want to hear, hear about your theme song on your blog. Uh, Did you, I mean, on your podcast, have you talked about that before? Um, I think maybe in the first episode. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, everyone, it's yeah. funny because everyone thinks that my husband did it. Is that what you thought too? <laughs> I don't know. No, I thought for sure it was somebody you know. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. It's just a friend. Um, I, it's sort of a, I wrote it kind of as a joke, you know, for our household because that's what my husband always used, you know, does still, but used to, especially in the past, complain about that that's all I do is I'm just knitting all the time. Yeah, right. And like all of us, you know, so I just kind of wrote it sort of as a joke, like just so for my husband. You wrote that song? Yeah. You actually wrote it? Did you, I mean, did you I didn't do the too? music. <laughs> no, you did or didn't? Didn't, because I'm not musically inclined oh. at all. I just wrote the lyrics, oh. just kind of as a joke. And then um, I thought, 
And when I thought about doing a podcast, I thought, okay, I I wanted to make the podcast a little bit different and have something special. So I thought, how great would it be to have a theme song? And so that just worked out perfectly. And I had already had the name Never Not Knitting on my blog. So, you know, and incorporated with this song, it just worked out good. And so my friend recorded it for me. So your friend does all the singing and music? Yeah. uh Oh, my gosh. She must be the best funniest friend around because yeah, he's racist like when he does the little when he does intersperses the little skin parts like I want a divorce or yeah. whatever I, it makes me laugh every single time I yeah so funny or like the part about your hair uh-huh. I love them it's just so incredibly cute and funny I I love it every single time so you can't ever change your your um theme song oh no it's <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Well, thank you, Susan. I I'm so pleased that you took the time to chat with us today. Um, and your new book is awesome. It's definitely one of my ultimate favorite toy books that I've ever seen. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, and I know that the listeners are definitely going to want to check it out. So, where can they? Is there anywhere online that they could see some of the projects? Well, uh, hopefully I'll be, if I can find a nice sunny day here in Madison, I'll be posting um, a bunch of photos on my blog um, for a preview of the book. Um, trying to think, does Nitpicks, I know, has it available now, and sometimes they do preview um, pictures, you know, from inside the book. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where, you know, where all you can find um, pictures from inside the book. Okay, well, I'll try to, I'll search online and see if I can come up with some pictures to link to in the show notes. Okay. And then people can purchase Itty Bitty Toys because it's now available and through the local yarn shops and on Amazon. Is that right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Very cool. And um, I know that you have a special surprise for our listeners, so let's go ahead and announce that now. I'm going to have a special drawing blog post on my blog in the next couple of days, and if you leave a comment under the blog post, you will have a chance to win. Well, I'll send you a signed copy of Itty Bitty Toys. Yes. So... Thanks again, Susan. I hope that I get to talk to you on Ravelry or through email soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I hope that all of you listening will check out Susan's new book, Itty Bitty Toys. I can honestly say that it is truly fabulous. I pretty much could see myself knitting every single pattern. As you know, I love making toys already, but this book makes me want to knit nothing but toys for the rest of my knitting career. It's just not your average toy book. It contains a lot of unexpected surprises. You can tell that a lot of thought and detail went into every design. I've heard of knitters sometimes deciding to knit every pattern in a book because they like it so much, and I really haven't come across a book that I would want to knit every pattern yet, but when this book came out, I could definitely say that it's a contender. I just know it's going to be a book that I'm going to get a lot of use out of. So after my chat with Susan, I got started on one of the patterns, the reversible egg to bluebird toy that was mentioned in the interview. And Susan was so right. It went 
really fast. It only took me a few evenings to complete. And if I had a whole day to sit and knit, I could probably get the entire thing done. And now that it's done, it is so cute. And it was so fun to show my daughter how the little egg transforms into a bird. You should have seen the look on her face when I started flipping the egg inside out. She totally wasn't expecting it. She was quite interested in the whole process. But you know what? Here, I'll let her explain her new toy to you and how it works. It's a bluebird with an orange beak. Daddy's wings flying. Um, he's cute. He's cute, and he and he turns into an egg. There's a nest, and the birdie turns into an egg. It's an egg in it. The egg turns into a bird, and then it sleeps in the nest. It's the best thing ever. Oh, and it's so tiny. <laughs> um, the the bird turns into an egg. Surprise! It it turns into a bird. Crazy mama. I can knit one sometimes tomorrow. Mama, can can you knit another bird tomorrow? So you heard her, folks. I'm expected to knit another bird tomorrow. And I don't think that's going to be happening, but anyways, I'm really happy with this little toy project. It was a quick, fun little knit, and it was not overly hard or tedious. I keep thinking that any one of her reversible toys would be just the perfect baby shower gift. They're so cute and just plain old impressive. Can't you just see it now? The mom-to-be opening up this little toy and then the crowd ooing and aahing when you show them how to flip the toy inside out to reveal another toy. And it's so neat for children, too, to have two toys in one. It's just so cool. And as you know, with this project, I went with the O-Wool balance that the pattern called for. And I've worked with O-Wool Classic yarn before, but this was my first time working with Balance. I chose this yarn because I really liked the way it looked in the pictures. And also, I do try to use the yarn called for when I can. You don't have to worry about gauge as much, and it just seems to work out really nicely when you can do that. When I got the yarn in the mail, I opened up the package, and I immediately thought to myself, Oh, good. It was love at first sight. I love the feel and that heathery, tweedy look. It was so, well, uh-oh. I feel something coming on here. I think it's time for me to. Bring on the product reviews. Okay. So, Owl Balance is a great three-ply DK weight yarn. It's 50% merino wool and 50% cotton and 100% certified organic. The way that the cotton and wool are blended together in the strand creates a really pretty heathered, almost tweed appearance. 
which I really like. It's very natural looking, and that look really lends itself to a certain type of project. I definitely enjoyed working with it. It's very soft, and I hear that it really softens and blooms nicely when it's washed, which would be really nice for a garment. And you know how I feel about wool and cotton blends. Yarns blended in this way make great projects that you can wear all year long. I think it's great that Susan decided to make all of the toys in the reversible chapter out of this one yarn. Like she said, you can buy only one skein in all the colors she used and make every single reversible toy in the book. And to help you do that, this episode's sponsor, Dancing You Yarns, will be giving you the opportunity to purchase the O-Wool Balance at a 10% off discount through November 1st. All you have to do is enter in your special Never Not Knitting discount code, NNK1, in the checkout process. Even if you are not interested in knitting toys, this yarn would make a fabulously soft sweater, hat, scarf. I'm seriously thinking of designing a sweater for myself out of it. You also have the opportunity to win a skein of this yarn to try out. Just go to my blog at nevernotknitting.com and click the top link on my sidebar for Dancing You Yarns. Go ahead and check out the fabulous colors she offers of the O-Wool Balance, pick your favorite, and tell me about it by leaving a comment under this episode's show notes. So just to reiterate here, there are two drawings that you can enter for episode 26. Just so we're clear, if you would like to enter the drawing to win a signed copy of Itty Bitty Toys, courtesy of Susan B. Anderson, please leave a comment under the special book drawing blog post. I will be posting this in just a few days from when this podcast episode airs. And again, to enter the drawing to win a skein of O-Wool Balance in the color of your choice from Dancing You Yarns, please leave a comment on my blog under the show notes for episode 26. You have until November 1st to enter both of these drawings, and I will announce the winners on my blog and on the next podcast episode. So before I conclude this very long episode, I wanted to give you a quick update on my other knitting projects. First off, I finished knitting Elijah the Elephant. And wow, he's super cute. And my daughter, of course, loves him. I did really appreciate that he was knit completely in one piece. But at the same time, knitting in this manner proved rather taxing. And parts of the knitting made me, well, want to die. So he kind of took way longer than I thought. It was a little slow going with knitting all the body parts. The body and head seemed to just fly off the needles, but his little arms, legs, and ears were pretty tedious. But he is unbelievably cute, so I guess it was worth it. Aside from my toy knitting, I've also been working on my vine yoke cardigan sweater. And now that has been really fun. I'm surprised by how far 
that Malabrigo yarn goes, I doubt I'll use all five skeins of it. Only one skein made one entire sweater front and most of a sleeve. It was crazy. I couldn't believe it. I started a little knit-along thread in the Never Not Knitting Ravelry group, so if you are interested in this pattern, please join us in knitting it. I'll be posting progress pictures of my sweater there and on my blog very soon. Well, that pretty much wraps up this episode. Join me in a few weeks for a special themed episode, and I'll have another listener's knitting story to share as well. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode, as well as pictures of all the projects I talk about, can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and please join the Never Not Knitting Ravelry group if you haven't already. If you need to get in touch with me, please email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to episode 26. I'll see you next time. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are clicking. From morning until she goes to bed. She won't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Stop rubbing again. She just won't stop the stitching. And the neighbors say it really is quite sad. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters. And more socks than they could ever wear. There's yard in the fridge. In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. Even in the washer and dryer That's why She can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting And it's making Her husband mad Her husband mad I'm filing for divorce She just won't stop her stitching And the neighbors Say it's really getting bad She's taking pictures of socks again Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, Just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting. And it's making... Her husband mad, her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And, well, she's losing all she had.